God spoken to me uh, about this topic, divine destiny? Was anyone here last week? Love us, hands up. Did God speak to you? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Some of the women anyway. Um, but God has spoken to me again this week. I had a, a prophetic word for the women of our church last week. I have a prophetic word for the men of our church this week. You're not excited about that. You're more excited about the barbecue, is us. That's all right. That's all right. Um, but before we begin, I just want to, to pray and give this time to the Lord. Amen. Um, I know now it's a bit like mass. We're up and down, up and down. But can I ask you to stand just as a sign of respect to God as we uh, hear his word today. And if you're comfortable with it, you can close your eyes. You can lift your hands. But God, you are our God. Amen. You are number one. And in this house, in this church, you are first. Amen. We acknowledge that. We want to put you in your proper order and place, God. And we want to be respectful and fearful in an awe way of who you are. Amen. Thank you for creating us. Thank you for the calling and purpose that is on everyone's life and the divine destiny that we have in Jesus. Amen. We create the space, Lord. We make room for you. Do what you want to do. Our hearts are open. Our ears are open. Our minds are open. We love you, Lord. And the people of God said, Amen. 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 Take a seat. Hallelujah. If you're wondering what this rocket is about, it's not part of my word. Praise the Lord. Uh, it's from kids camp. But I will use it to get home. So I'll be woo, straight up into the air. Um, we looked at this last week, so I'm going to do a bit of a recap of last week and a refresher because it puts us into context for today. Are you okay with that? Yes. And as well, I know I'm a white Irish woman. I'm 100% Irish beef. There's no trace of any um, diversity in me. Um, but you can shout amen. You can say hallelujah. It just honours God and it creates an atmosphere for that. If we can't do that in here, where can we do it? Yeah. So if God's speaking to you, you believe in something, shout an amen. Amen. So we looked at this first last week from the book of Ephesians, and it says this. You were all called into the same glorious hope of divine destiny. God has called you to have divine destiny. He has counted you in. He is an inclusive God. Hallelujah. But the problem as human beings is we count ourselves out. Our mistakes, our abilities, our disabilities, our background, our money, the colour of our skin. God does not see it that way. He has counted you in. So when we look at divine destiny today and the calling on your life, you can make up excuses or have valid arguments, but they are not valid to God. God has chosen you. Hallelujah. And when we looked at divine destiny last week, this was kind of how we summarised it. Our potential and life purpose when we partner with God. And as Christians, that's how we should live our lives. We need to partner with God. And every day I make a decision, am I following Jesus or am I doing my own thing? Even when we feel like life isn't our own, that we have such demands and schedules, I get to choose, am I living actively for God every day? Even in a life that I might not want right now. And when we go to to heaven we will get asked these questions by God one did you believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior and that's from John 3 16 do we know it yes. what is it start it off 
all the non-native English speakers are like, what was that? They're speaking in tongues. No, they're not. Um, that we have everlasting life in Jesus. If we, if we declare that he is Lord and Savior, we believe in the Bible in this church. And that's what it says. So in believing in Jesus and asking him into our lives, that gets us access to eternal life. Hallelujah. But the second question that God will ask us, and it talks about it in 2 Corinthians, is what did you do for Jesus? We will all be judged on what we did for God throughout our lives. The good and bad, regardless of the conditions that we found our lives in. It's heavy, and there's a weight to it. But it's the reality, and it keeps you sober in how you live your life and how you live your faith. And when I was praying to God, I was saying, Jesus, divine destiny, our calling, our purpose on our lives, it's so big, it's so vast. How do I do that across a lifetime, in a season, or even just daily? How do I do that? And how do I partner with God every day is really the bottom line. And God gave me this verse, and I believe he wants to position it at the start of this word, because if we can't grasp how we do this daily, we probably won't hear the rest of the word, really. So here's what he says in John 15. I am the vine, that's God. You are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So how do I partner with God? How do I keep destiny and calling and purpose in my life? on a daily basis, I need to remain in God. He has to be first. He has to be my main relationship. It has to be him. Because when I do that, he's in me. And how do I know that? How do I know I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing? You see the fruit of it. What are the fruits of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, patience. It's like just go, love, joy, peace, patience, patience. All the kids' church people know us. We, we all need to go to kids' church and learn some stuff, don't we? It's the fruits of the Spirit. You see God's fruit and blessing in your life. We're not on about apples and oranges, yeah? We're on about the fruit of God in our lives. So how do I do destiny? How do I make it daily? I just need to keep Jesus the main thing. He's number one. I remain faithful to him. And I believe God would say this to some people today. As you stay faithful, you will see fruitful. Just faithful to God. When life makes no sense, when everything is going well, when you're ill, when you have all the money, when you have no money, I just need to be faithful to God. Keep him the number one thing. And you know what? God is always faithful to us. Has he ever let me down? I can testify, never. No. But I have let him down. God's always good to me. Amen? Amen. 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 So last week when we looked at divine destiny, and Michael spoke about it today, we looked at the book of Judges. And just to give you an overview briefly again, just so you have some context, if you weren't here, the book of Judges is Old Testament, and it's about the people of Israel, the Israelites, and they've arrived in the promised land, which is called Canaan. They are basically meant to conquer city by city back. So they've arrived in the promised land, but they still have to fight. And their leader, Joshua, dies at the start of Judges. And they end up forgetting God, and they follow the Canaanites' evil ways, which is sexual immorality, which is greed, which is cruelty, and they fall into it. And because of that, God allows them to suffer. He removes his blessing, and they fall under um, the power of the Canaanites. And Michael just shared this before, 
we closed worship about this cycle of sin and salvation that we looked at last week. 410 years, over 12 judges, the people of Israel make the same mistake. Generation after generation. And you can see, number one, the people rebel against God. God is angry. Number three, he allows the oppression by the Canaanites, their enemies in this case. The people repent. You can always come back to God. You are never too far. Amen? Amen. God raises up a chosen judge and leader. And when they're under that leadership, there's peace. And when the judge dies, they go crazy again and go back to their evil ways. So this is the book of Judges. It's just a crazy time in the history for the people of Israel. And they're not learning from their mistakes. And what woman did we look at last week? Anyone know? Oh, you're on the ball. Look at you. First service doesn't like this. Come on, the second service. We looked at Deborah. She was a woman. She was a wife. She was a judge. She was a prophetess. And she had confidence in who God had called her and created her to be. And that was our prayer last week. Was, God, let me be confident in who you have called me to be and created me to be. And what's interesting about Deborah in this story that we're going to look at today is she's a a prominent part of it and in her society when she was alive women had no rights but yet Deborah is a judge and God has chosen her out of everyone in her generation to hear from God. Deborah's also a wife and her husband Lapidoth is mentioned but we saw last week that even though God has given her a husband and we hope that he was supportive and loving and caring he did not equip or qualify her to be a judge or a prophetess. When she was a judge, it's not mentioned that Lapidoth, her husband, was with her. When she gets this word from God to go and attack the Canaanite army, she doesn't talk to him about it. And even when she's going into battle with a guy called Barak, it's not mentioned that her husband goes with her. God had qualified Deborah just by herself. And I shared a word about the women in our church that God hasn't chosen us to be second or third or fourth options. You are God's first. Just because someone else says no, doesn't really matter. It's when God says yes to who you are and who he's called you to be. Amen? Amen. So that's last week. Are you still with me? We briefly looked at this guy, Barak, and we're going to be looking at him today. He's a military commander. He gets this prophetic word from Deborah. And as I mentioned, it's a battle attack against the Canaanites, the enemies. And what we saw last week in one of the final verses was just this moment of doubt that he had. So I want to look at that first just briefly again as a refresher. So it says this. Barak told Deborah, I will go with you into battle, but only, or I will go, but only if you go with me. Very well, she replied, I will go with you, but you will receive no honour in this venture. For the Lord's victory over Sisera, the enemy, will be at the hands of a woman. So Barak in this moment, in a society that does not value women, is able to discern that when Deborah is giving him this word, it's from God, it's not from Deborah. And he's also able to hear in this moment that he won't win this fight. It's going to be a woman. And because of his doubt, that's why a woman is going to win this fight. 
So this is Barack. So as a man, I could imagine that's probably quite emasculating or demasculating, should I say. It's not the nicest thing. I'm hearing this word from a woman on how to battle when it's my job, and then I'm going to hear that I'm not going to win this fight, and it's going to be a woman as well. But yet Barack is faithful. He knows that God is in us. Amen? So what we're going to look at today, very briefly, is Barack going into this battle. We're going to look at this guy called Sisera, who's the enemy. And we're going to look at a woman called Jael as well. And to give you a brief background on these two characters, Sisera and Jael, Sisera is the Canaanites, yeah? These are the enemies. They have oppressed the people of Israel, who Deborah and Barak are fighting for, for over 20 years. They've been suffering. Sisera is under King Jabin, so he's not the number one guy, but he's an army commander. And it's mentioned in the text that he has 900 iron chariots. And why this is important is Barak's army doesn't. They don't have chariots, they're all on foot. They don't have metal as a weapon. Moses had to defeat 600 chariots. Barak and Deborah have 900 to defeat. Do you see how God is moving in it? Yeah? So this is Sisera. And then Jael is going to be mentioned. She is a wife of a guy called Heber. And what's important with that is they're at peace with both the Canaanites and the Israelites. Jael is neutral. She doesn't belong to either tribe. And because of that, we're going to see that when Sisera and Barak meet Jael, they assume that she's safe. But Jael has seen 20 years of oppression from the Israelites. God can use people who aren't even part of your world or your tribe to bless you. Jael is in her home and she's just an ordinary woman. It's not mentioned that she has skills or tasks. It's not even mentioned that she particularly heard from the God, heard from God in this moment. So this is Sisera and this is Jael. And we're going to pick up now in the Bible in Judges 4 with Deborah and Barak going into battle. Are you with me? Yes. Are we ready? Yes. Okay, heads up. The Bible, if it was published today, would be 18 plus, yeah? There's crazy stuff in it. These are, this is one of the crazy stories that we're going to read. So, let's go. Alright. Deborah said to Barak, Charge, this very day God has given you victory over Sisera. Isn't God marching before you? That's a word for someone today. Don't doubt God. He's right ahead of you. Barak charged down the slopes of Mount Tabor, his ten companies following him. God routed Sisera, 900 chariots, all those troops before Barak. Sisera jumped out of his chariot and he ran. Barak chased the chariots and troops. Sisera's entire fighting force was killed. Not one man left. When God is for you, who can be against you? No weapon formed against you shall prosper. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's carry on. Meanwhile, Sisera, running for his life, headed for the tent of Jael. Jael stepped out to meet Sisera and said, Come in, sir. Stay here with me. Don't be afraid. So he went with her into the tent, and she covered him with a blanket. He said to her, Please, a little water. I'm thirsty. She opened a bottle of milk, gave him a drink, and then covered him up again. He then said, stand at the tent flap. If anyone comes by and asks you, is there anyone here? Tell him no, not a soul. This is where it gets crazy now. 
Ooh. Then, while he was fast asleep from exhaustion, Jael, wife of Heber, took a tent peg and a hammer, tiptoed towards him, and drove the tent peg through his temple and all the way into the ground. He convulsed and died. Oh. Barak arrived in pursuit of Sisera. Jael went out to greet him. She said, come, I'll show you the man you're looking for. He went with her, and there he was, Sisera, stretched out, dead, with a tent peg through his temple. Amen for that word. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> you might be here and saying, what is she going to preach on this? Um, we're not condoning killing anyone. Amen? Amen. Just in case it gets twisted in there. Um, God spoke to me about JL, and God spoke to me about Barak. And with JL, we find she is actively living in her divine destiny. She's just everyday life and an ordinary person. When you think of divine destiny in your life, your calling and your purpose, for some people here, you do know that that's bigger than you. It's bigger than your hometown or Cork, maybe it's national, maybe it's an influence that you have, maybe it's where you work, maybe it's a skill or ability. You know that God has called you to, to huge things in your life. Praise God for that. But for other people here, God wants to speak about your everyday ordinary life and you might see it as simple, you might see it as maybe a bit mundane, but God wants to use every part of our lives. He doesn't need you to be like a Deborah. He needs you to be you. And he wants you to own wherever he's placed you, your work environment, your school, your home, your neighborhood, whatever it is. God uses ordinary people, and in the kingdom of God, what he values is people, wherever they are. And that's what Jesus did. He went into wherever. He wasn't found in a palace. Jesus was found with the people. And what we see with Jael is she brought freedom and victory for a whole nation. Because she killed the enemy, Sisera, there was 40 years of peace. And she was just at home. But what we see with Jael is two things. She was aware of what was going on. For both Sisera and Barak, she went out of her home and greeted them and brought them in. I don't know that they would have come in to her home otherwise. And God wants to speak to the everyday, ordinary people who love God. They want to honour him and they want to do the calling on their life. And God wants you to be like a JL, that you're present enough to know the people that God has placed in your life. And through Jesus, you can bring freedom and victory for other people. You can finish other people's battles in the name of Jesus that they can't fight themselves. God has placed you where he has put you. And God wants you to just look at your everyday life and we can get into the mundane and go around the mountain. But God is saying, wake up. I need you here. I need you to be present. I need you to be awake. Because not only are lives at stake, is eternity at stake, but there's freedom for people at stake. Michael talked about generational curses. Some people don't even know Jesus. You are that. We talk about it all the time. 1% of the population in Ireland is Christian. Wherever I go, apart from here in church, I'm usually the only Christian. The freedom that God has given me in my life, hallelujah. I can give that to other people in Jesus' name. That's right. 
Your everyday, ordinary life God wants to use. Don't disregard it and don't diminish it. Can I get an amen? Amen. Now, for the brothers in the church, are you ready for your word from the Lord? Are you ready for your dinner on Friday night? More ready for that, I'd say. Hallelujah. We're nearly there. God spoke to me about, about Barak. And I was talking to God and I was saying, God, what do you want me to, to show me about him? Excuse me. <clears throat> because he just seems lost in the text. Deborah is much more prevalent. JL is. Even the enemy sister of a Barak is a bit of... I know he's fighting the battle, but he's not to the forefront of it. And when I was talking to God about it, he said to me, the same question that you asked yourself last week is the same question that you need to ask about Barak. And that question is, where are the men? For Barak, he was given Deborah, this woman of God who gave him the prophecy, but she also encouraged him. She said, go out, the Lord is marching ahead of you. We looked at it. But she doesn't know him. It's mentioned in Judges 4 that he is a father. He is the son of a guy called Abinom. His father's not mentioned, or family. People in the army above him aren't mentioned, encouraging him or supporting him. His friends aren't mentioned. And you can argue that that could have happened and it's not included in scripture, which is fair. You could say maybe they didn't have enough time and they just had to go into battle. Or you could say maybe the troops that were fighting with him encouraged him. And I believe God would say this to the men in the church. In your own life, brothers, where are the men? Who is supporting you? Who has got your back? Particularly as a man, you need other men. Women, we need each other, don't we, ladies? And we're naturally probably better at that in some ways. But to the men, the same way that you audit your finances, your future, your health, your family, whatever it is, God wants you to take an audit of your relationships. And God wants you to to question where are the men in your life, but also who is supporting him. If you're in a good place in your relationships, in your life with the brothers of Christ, God wants you to start looking at others and say, who's supporting that guy? That guy who doesn't have family here, that guy who's going through a breakup, that guy who's sick. God wants the men in this church to be brothers in Christ. He wants you to be together. He wants the friendships. And there is no coincidence that, first of all, me as a woman, that God has given me this word for the men. I have no idea what it's like to be a man. But the other coincidence, which I don't think it is, it's from God. We literally have a men's barbecue this week. Sometimes we can make excuses of, I don't know where to go. How do I go about it? It's awkward. How do I connect with other people? It's on a plate for you. Literally, in all the ways. And it's free. Just like Jesus. Amen. Brothers, you don't have to do this alone. You might have all people around you saying, well done, you're doing great, or have your back. But people who know you, and love you, and care about you, there's nothing like it. The other word for the brothers, and I'm going to finish on this, is this is what it says about Barak in the New Testament. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquer kingdoms, hallelujah, administer justice, and gained what was promised. 
who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and rooted foreign armies. While you are considering a weakness in your life to the brothers in the room, God doesn't see it that way. It's your strength. Whatever happened as a child, you can clap for the Lord if you want. God is here right now, you know it. He's speaking to people, he's knocking on people's hearts. Who speaks up for the men? Whatever happened to you, whatever you've gone through, whatever you've done, that weakness that you see, God wants to restore it and see it as a strength. Because this is what it says finally in 2 Corinthians. God's grace, hallelujah, is always more than enough for you. And my power finds its full expression through your weakness. So this is what we're meant to do with our weaknesses. I will celebrate my weaknesses. For when I'm weak, I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me. Can I ask everyone to stand? Can I ask the worship team to come up? I want to pray for the brothers in the room. I'm not going to ask anyone to come up, don't worry. We're not doing that today, we don't have time. But can I ask everyone to close their eyes? No matter if you're 5, 15, 25, 105. Can I ask everyone to just close their eyes, bow their heads in prayer? But we want to pray for the men in this room. If you are a woman, you are a sister of Christ, and you, more importantly, are comfortable with it, would you put a hand on the shoulder of a brother in Christ around you? If there's someone around you, if you're comfortable with it. If not, you can just pray for them right now. We want to pray for the men. To the men of this church, God sees you. You are valuable, and your worth and value is not based on what you do. It's not based on how you provide or how you protect. Your value is based on who you are and who God has created you to be. What you deem as a weakness, if you allow God to use it, will be your greatest strength. And the freedom that you receive, you will be able to give to others in Jesus' name. Whatever happened to you growing up, Wherever you've made a mistake, wherever you've clocked out, God wants to restore and heal you to full health in him. And for us as sisters in Christ in this moment, we have your back. We want to be the Debras in your life. We want to support you in battle. And we honour you as the men of this church. And we love you. Can I get an amen? Amen. To the men in this moment, don't do life alone. The battles that you are facing or will face, the battle in your mind, the battle in your body, the battle in your home, the battle in your work, the battle in your marriage, the battle of just being a man in this world, God wants to surround you with brothers in Christ have your back and he wants you to be a brother in Christ too so God we thank you for our men we honour them we ask that you would protect them we ask God that you would restore them and we ask God that they would get a glimpse of the men 
that you have created them to be. Let healing overflow in this place, God. And the people of God said amen. amen. Final prayer. Just for destiny, if you want to say, Jesus, I need you every day for my life. I want to have your calling on my life. If you want to raise your hands to heaven, I just want to pray over every person in this room. Thank you for the calling, God, that you have placed in our lives. We do not want to waste it. God, help us to count our days. Help us, Lord, to be sisters in Christ and brothers in Christ to each other. Help us to be a healthy family of God. Show us, God, your kindness, your mercy, your provision. And let us be confident in who you have created us to be, God. Speak to us this week and for the men's barbecue this Friday. We pray for sunshine. We pray for amazing food. And we pray, God, for eternal relationships to be formed. We thank you, God, for this week. Protect us and keep us safe. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen.